Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. Okay. I hope that the answer is different this week, but how has your week been? You know what? I'm not on call. So so the week has been uh, much better, but obviously I've been worried about my family because Hurricane Ida is coming. Mm. So once once the show airs, the hurricane will have hit. So we'll know what happened Mm. since that time. But right now we're sort of sitting in limbo Hurricane is supposed to hit uh, sometime late tonight. Then we'll be bracing ourselves. Now, you know the bad thing about the hurricane, and if you live in southern Louisiana, so Baton Rouge, New Orleans, you know, anything further south than that, like Morgan City, you already know about hurricanes. And Janine and I know about them because we went to Xavier. So with Katrina, the hurricane missed us, right? It went to the east of us. And people don't realize that because New Orleans was so devastated because the levees freaking broke, mm-hmm. right? So there were professors. There's one professor, one med school professor that was out like jogging the day after Katrina and drowned because the levees broke and the water came upon him, right? He didn't realize. He's like, oh, okay, the hurricane missed us. We're good. We're walking outside the next day. Everything's great. But nobody realized, oh, snap, when the levees break, the whole city's going to be flooded. And so that's the situation that people are worried about now is will the levees hold or will they not hold? Well, And, And even with the storm surge, New Orleans is supposed to get about 7 to 11 feet of water. That's the storm surge. Nicole, I didn't know until this morning that the hurricane that you're expecting now is a category four. Yep. Katrina was only a category three. Right. Katrina was a category three and the levees couldn't hold that category three. Now, mind you, when we evacuated for Hurricane Katrina, it was supposed to hit as a four or five. Okay. Right. And then it got downgraded right before it hit to a category three. Uh, and so people were like, oh, okay, we missed that. 
But the levies could not hold that. And now the levies, uh, there was a breach in the levy. I know people are going to be like, well, they intentionally breached the levy in St. Bernard Parish. Well, yeah, they did. They tried to like breach that side to save the rest of the city. And that just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Right. It's still broke, if you will. Uh, The levies have now been repaired, supposedly, to support up to a Category 3, definitely, but Maybe. maybe a Category 4. The whole maybe we can support a Category 4 is what sort of is concerning. Yeah. It's very concerning. I'm just confused as to how after all of these years of hurricanes, specifically after all of these years after Katrina, how we don't have some sort of reinforced levy situation that can sustain category four and five hurricanes because we know that the hurricanes are going to get worse because our climate issue Takes has not changed. Money. Our, but our climate, money. Here's the thing. We know that the, the storms are going to get worse, right? We know this, right? Just like the snowstorms get worse, just like our summers get hotter and our winters get colder. It's because the ozone layer has a giant hole in it and there's global warming, right? Like we can all pretend like it doesn't exist, but it does. So common sense would say, let's reinforce these because the hurricane season is definitely going to come next year. Like there has not been a year that we have not had hurricane season. I don't, I just don't get it. Listen, and that's, you know, the fact that they repaired them definitely to a category three and not up to par to withstand the category five. And and hopefully it can withstand and it just does fine because you've got to re- realize that they've never had an issue with the levees breaking before Katrina, right? Mm-hmm. In 1965 with Hurricane Betsy, when everybody was on top of their roofs and drowning, they were like, they knew that there was nothing to hold them, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no standard levees, right? right. That, that were tested to hold, to withstand a certain force of wind or amount of water. Mm-hmm. So after they put the levee system in place, they were fine, right? Like we were fine in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. We were fine. Like hurricanes happen every single year. We were fine. Did. And then with Katrina, it was like, oh, snap, like. The levy, the levees are broken. Mm. What are we gonna do now? Well, nothing. I mean, if you're there and the levees are breaking, and you have like hundreds of thousands of gallons of water rushing into the city, like there's really nothing. And and New Orleans is a bowl. Like people keep saying, well, if it goes east, oh my god, you know, poor Jackson or poor. And like y'all, good people not in a bowl, right? New Orleans is literally in a bowl. Like literally. And, it's, and you feel right. it. And it's like the rest of Louisiana is, you know, it's low in terms of sea level, but it's not like so below sea level like New Orleans and the rest of anything south of New Orleans is. It's just. Yeah. And New Orleans itself is literally a bowl. Yeah. I remember freshman year, the first rain, the first major rain. I'll never forget this. I was walking to Xavier South. I had on cute little flip flops. I'm like, oh, OK, it's a little bit rain. I got a little umbrella. And. New Orleans was the first place I saw umbrella bags at the door, right? So I'm like, okay, let me put my little umbrella in the umbrella bag. I remember that after my morning class, I literally looked outside and I was like, oh, that's a lot of rain. And I was like, okay, I can make it back. And I remember, and I hate, I hate walking outside or anywhere barefoot, right? Like outside of my house, I'm not walking barefoot because I just think it's so disgusting. But I mean, there was water up to my knees. These flip-flops were not doing a thing. So I had to take Mm -hmm. the flip-flops off and walk back in water up to my knees. And I'm like looking for some sympathy here. And you know, everybody, there there are very few people from the East Coast (laughs) at Xavier, right? So people are looking to be like, girl, if you don't come on, like next class. And I'm like, but it's, there's rain up to my knees. Like, why is it? And it was like, the rain came and it was here and gone in seconds. Like, it was like, okay, so So now it's going to stop? What happened? Like, I mean, 
pouring rain. And then all of a sudden it was gone. Never seen anything like it in my life ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's called roll up your jeans, girl. Absolutely. And keep on walking. And it wouldn't get to to your knees, knees. I mean, maybe with a good hard rain, maybe mid-calf level. But I mean, that's still high enough that you thought, oh, class must be killed. Absolutely. And it's still high enough that I <laughs> nope. have never experienced walking in rain before that I had to go like trudge through the rain, right? Like I had experienced like, oh, I'm wet. Like my shoes may be a little wet, but like when the rain comes up above your ankles, it's knee deep to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm trudging through <laughs> this. Like, why am I? And you think that like, well, cars can't get past because it's high rain. No, no. It's like up here where we drive in snow. Y'all drive in rain like it's, like it's two inches of rain on the ground and it's like two yeah. feet. Now if it's, well, some people, you remember a lot of people get stuck in the yeah, rain. You're right. They get their engines and motors flooded out. Right. And we'd be like, why that dumb person? I remember when I was, uh, when I lived in Metairie in uh, med school, my roommate went to Cornell for undergrad. So she wasn't used to your, you know, the rain either. Uh-huh. She was like, oh my God, like every hurricane, she was oh my God, we got to get out. I'm like, girl, we're going to ride the storm out. We gonna, It's going to be fine. Even for Katrina, I almost didn't leave. And she was like, oh, I'm leaving. I have family in Houston. I'm gone. I'm like, yeah, girl, this is, I said, we're going to have three, four days off. We can get to study. We are on the brachial plexus anyway. Like I'm going to stay here and have like a nice little study session. It's going to be fine because I've done this. I'm from Louisiana. I've done this. But when they upgrade that much to a category five for Katrina, I said, oh, I'm going home. Uh, my grandfather called me and was like, listen, Listen, you got to get out of there. I was on top of my roof for two weeks with Hurricane Betsy. So you've got to leave. So when they upgraded uh, Hurricane Katrina to a Category 5, I um, I had to get out of there. Right. My my grandfather called me and was like, uh, this is the same thing that happened with Hurricane Betsy. If you don't believe me, Google it. I was on my roof for two weeks. So you've got to go. So once my grandfather, who I don't even know how he found my cell phone number, because I feel like grandparents wait on the grandkids to call. They don't really seek help, seek you out. Absolutely. So um, when he called, I was like, okay, this must be really serious. So then the day before I got my stuff and got out, which is probably why it took me about 12, 13 hours to get home, because I was in that like contraflow driving, mm-hmm. trying to evacuate something that would ordinarily take me three and a half, four hours, taking me 13 hours. Mm. It was miserable. I was miserable, miserable. And there's no gas stations open or anything open. So you're praying your gas doesn't run out. Uh. So yeah, I got out of there. And yeah, I'm glad I did because, you know, as you know, people were like not able to get in their home for months. Oh, I remember. Months. Imagine the cell signal after Katrina. I, I didn't have cell signal for almost a month. The service was hit or miss. It was like you were kept dialing, you kept dialing, you kept dialing to try to finally get in touch with somebody mm-hmm. that would answer. You didn't care who answered. You just wanted somebody to answer. And I remember we were like, just like making up like New Orleans numbers just to see if somebody would answer so they can tell us like what's going on in New Orleans. Could you I met, imagine? I met some people that way. Like, really? Where are, you at? are you in New Orleans? No, you're not in New Orleans. Do you have any, have you talked to any of your family? Hopefully this hurricane is not that prayerfully. It is not that. So um, people are either going to ride this thing out or ride at, or, or, you know, or leave. I mean, people have to be grownups and make very good, intelligent decisions. And family members are beating themselves up because people aren't leaving. I mean, I was on a call on uh, the leadership retreat yesterday and one of the members started crying during the leadership retreat because she was saying she couldn't get 
her family to leave, they wouldn't evacuate. And so she's crying because we know what this thing can do. We pray that it doesn't, but we know what it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, Christina, who's evacuated here, was talking to me about a cousin or an uncle um, that definitely evacuated this hurricane because he literally watched his girlfriend and his girlfriend's daughter drown in front of him during Hurricane Katrina. Yikes. Drown. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's crazy. It's, that is crazy. And honestly, you would think that the country would put more finances behind making sure that this doesn't happen in the future. But there's mm. only so much you can do about Mother Nature. A storm surge of seven to 11 feet is like a ridiculous to try to figure out if the levees are going to hold or not. I mean, because once that storm surge comes in a bowl, it's yeah, just it's over. water swirling around. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Oh, and the whole evacuation process and COVID makes it real interesting, too. Oh, I'm sure. Everybody swabbed. Everybody swabbed <laughs> when they came in. I'm sure. Swabbed. But I wonder what that's going to do to yeah. hospitals, though, because the hospitals are already overrun. If they don't have, if you're not taking precautions when you let people in your house, you could be bringing COVID into your house unknowingly. And I understand, like, people have to do what they have to do because people will die if this if these levees break and people are not getting out. So I completely get it. But for me, I, like I told my friend, um, I was like, listen, if everybody's vaccinated, I feel more comfortable. And she said, yes, everybody's vaccinated, but we're still going to test. And they like swabbed in the garage and waited 15 minutes Maybe. and then came in and they were like, showed us pictures of everybody's negative test because you know, Harrison has this immunodeficiency and he's two and he can't get vaccinated. So we had to do what we had to do to make sure we're safe. So we know that our house is COVID free. Amen. But it is very hard. Like my nephew, his girlfriend has COVID. Like they live in Baton Rouge. His girlfriend is on rotations at the hospital because she's in nursing school. She had to get a negative test to go back to school and she had been on rotations. I don't know how she got COVID, but she wasn't vaccinated. Oh, Tested and tested positive. She's asymptomatic. So she's quarantining in the room. He's out on the sofa mm. because he's negative. And now they have a hurricane coming. And now they got to get out. Like, but she has COVID. No. she. They're like, we're not going to leave because we're not even going to go to our family's house because, you know, she has COVID and she doesn't want to go to her elderly family's house. Mm. So I'm like, what are y'all going to do if you have to evacuate? Like if you get stuck in your house? Well, Then we talked about going over there and just wearing masks. And you have to have some type of plan. Like I told Mm -hmm. uh, my friend, like, if y'all are positive, this is the positive room Mm -hmm. over here. This becomes the positive room. Nobody leaves this room. The bathroom is there. You you use a positive bathroom. And we'll bring food and put it outside of the door. Mm -hmm. But you can't come to the rest of the house. So hopefully people are taking precautions in the event that somebody has to come to your house that has COVID. Like, make sure you are open about, hey, if you have COVID, you ha- you can't come in the common areas yeah. or you can't use the other bathrooms in the house. Yeah, we be safe about this thing. Be safe. We really have to do a COVID episode. We really have to do it. Once we get some back to school numbers, we will do a COVID episode. I'm telling you, people better be smart. Get that vaccine. So at least if you get COVID, you don't end up in the ICU. All right, Janine. So what's really on your timeline <laughs> this okay, week? Okay, so... It's wedding season coming upon us, right? So next month, September, October, those are the biggest months for people to get married. So imagine, Nicole, that one of your friends or your family members is getting married. 
They send you the save the date and you're in. You and your husband RSVP for this wedding and say that you're coming, right? The wedding that you RSVP'd for is actually a destination wedding. So, you know, you have to make some sort of preparations for you to go and attend the wedding. You've made said preparations and you have every intention of going to this wedding, right? In spite of the fact that there's a global pandemic, you have agreed to go to this wedding. But at the last minute, for whatever reason, something came up and you're unable to attend the wedding. Unfortunately, you're also unable to contact the bride or the groom before they return from their destination wedding. I don't know if it was because you didn't want to bother them or you were unable to contact them because of their activities, but you're not able to contact them to give them your regrets or apologies for not coming. Not yet, not before they get back. But when they return, you receive an invoice. It says on the invoice that the invoice was sent because the recipient of the invoice confirmed their seat during the final head count and they didn't show or give any warning to the bride and the groom that they did not plan on attending. So the bride and the groom feel like because you didn't give them proper notice that you should pay for your seats that you reserved. Now, you received this invoice on August the 18th, 2021. And it says that you are expected to remit payment by September the 18th, 2021. Now, Nicole, if this was you, what would you do? So uh, first of all, if it were me, I would pay the invoice, right? I would pay the invoice because one, I don't want people to think that this little invoice is like super hurting my feelings. But I did read some comments under that uh, that uh, post of that person that posted it. And I agreed. You know, somebody said, you know, this is not about paying the $240, right? You know, this is like a F you. Absolutely. We're no longer friends. Love your former friend, right? And, and that is literally a pettiness of what it's about. So if this is somebody that I truly consider my friend, I would I would literally PayPal them $240. And then I would call and say, hey, girl, I just sent you the PayPal payment for $240. But I do want to make sure you understand why I did not come. Like, I really am sorry that I didn't come, but I had a family emergency. This is what happened. And then you know what they're going to say? Oh, no, you didn't really have to pay. Oh, I didn't know. Uh-huh. I didn't you don't have to pay but no keep that money girl because at that point if i'm if i want to be the person's friend then i'll let it go but if i really don't want to be your friend i'm being petty i'm gonna pay the money and be like oh no girl that's okay i just wanted you to know why i didn't come because i didn't want you to think that i was that tacky to not come knowing that you had paid a lot of a lot for um for this wedding now as a person that has planned a wedding i understand we both done mm-hmm. i understand how much it costs to have a wedding it is expensive per head to have a wedding now 120 dollars a head is a, is a steep wedding honey <laughs> but um whew, what did they have they must have had lobster on the menu i'm just saying but even if they didn't you understand that it's expensive for whatever level you're in right if you have a ten thousand dollar wedding that's because that's the budget you've allowed yourself to have. And it's expensive even if you're paying $20 a head for you. That adds up, right? Versus a $50,000 wedding. If you're paying $80 a head, it's still expensive for you. So I completely get somebody being upset when a person that's RSVP didn't show up, especially if they have a plus one. 
that didn't show up and you pay for it. But at the same time, it's sort of kind of tacky to send an invoice when you haven't talked to that person and know what happened. What if they had a death in the family? What if that person's mama died? What if something literally happened that was serious and you don't blame them for not showing up? So case in point, so my wedding, my uncles were supposed to give me away at the wedding. So when the preacher asked, who gives this woman to be wed? All of my uncles were supposed to stand up and say, we do, right? Now, some of my uncles were still there, but there were only like four of them or four or five of them that said the we do thing. Now, that's still an impactful statement, right? Because they were my dad's uh, my dad's brothers that stood up. But my dad and my mom's brothers were all supposed to stand up. My mom has eight brothers, y'all. So imagine it have been 12 people standing up giving me away. And that's because my dad passed away when I was 10. But instead, my uncle, my oldest uncle had a seizure the night before the wedding and they had to rush him to the hospital. I had no idea this is even happening. This even happened until I got back from my honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Okay. If my wedding planner would have just taken it upon herself to send out invoices to all the family that are RSVP'd, then I'd have been looking crazy and stupid. Mm Because I didn't even realize my own uncle was in the hospital. So that may have been the situation with this person that's sending the invoices. So that's why I think it's very tacky before you figure out what's actually going on. But yeah, I would have paid it. I agree. I think that this is super tacky. Personally, I would pay the invoice. But the gift that I got you for your wedding, I don't think I would give give it to you. I think I would return it. I don't think I would return the gift. I would. My thing is... If I ordered a gift, it's probably already delivered to you, right? So you've already received it. So there's no way to retrieve it and return it. You would have to return it. So that's out. Now, if I was going to send you a gift and I hadn't sent one yet, then yeah, I'm not sending you a gift. I'm going to send you a 240 and I'm going to keep it moving. Well, my question is, would I? Would you send me an invoice if I had given you a gift? Because whether I show up and eat your food or not, the gift is really what you're looking for. So I wouldn't get an invoice if I'd already given you a gift, correct? It's nah, it's still a wasted seat that somebody else could have had and still less money that they could have spent. And if you were going to send a gift, you were going to send a gift regardless if you went or not. So for me, if I don't go to a wedding, I'm sending a nicer gift than if I had gone to the wedding. And that's because when I go to weddings, you're thinking about, hey, I must get something off the registry and I have to pay for a hotel flight and all these other things. I got to get a new dress, all these things that I have to do to get prepared for a wedding. Mm-hmm. That's a, that could be another $1,500 expense right there. Mm-hmm. So instead, I'm not going to give you a $1,500 gift, but I probably will double my budget for your gift on your registry right. or give you a nicer gift from your registry or give you a gift and send you some cash. But when you send me that invoice, all of that stops. Yeah. All of that stops. I'm going to pay that $240 and I'm going to keep it moving. The invoice is tacky. Let's be honest. The invoice, the invoice is super is tacky. That probably would have that probably would have ruined the friendship right there. I'm just saying. But here's the thing. Like in the comments, the comments said that not showing up to the wedding as a no call, no show will ruin the friendship, too. I think that both parties are wrong. Right. The person they who didn't show they are, up. But it depends on depends on what's going on. If somebody had a death in the family, I am not thinking like, let me go through my calendar to see what I've already RSVP for so that I can like alert them that I've had a death in the family and I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have the time to do that. It really depends on what has happened. 
Like I like to, like if I have a family emergency, I try to go through my calendar. Like if I'm on the car and James is driving me, like I'll go through and text people like, hey, I can't come or hey, I can't make this meeting. Mm-hmm. Hey, somebody else gonna have to run this meeting. I'm not gonna be there. But I might miss a couple, you know, I might miss yeah. some. Especially if you don't know how long you're gonna be out, depending on how serious the situation is. So that's why I say it's very tacky to send an invoice without knowing the whole situation. Well, that's true. So of course, you know, People did some digging. They did some digging for us and they found the wedding. Right. So it was one of those like package destination weddings and it only included 40 guests. So that's also a thing. If you only have 40 spaces, it kind of is like, yeah, you really want to utilize all the spaces that you have because it's only 40 people. Right. And it does say that the wedding was about $10,900. Like that was what the package cost. And it was $120 per person for adults. That's 13 and over. And for children, four to 12, it was $60. So two adults didn't show. I mean, I get it. I understand. And it talks about what the, pa- you know, what the package includes. So I kind of understand that, right? Still tacky. Look, I get it. It's tacky. Like, don't send me an invoice for your wedding. Don't invite me. If you, if you have the kind of wedding that you feel like an invoice needs to be sent if I don't show up, don't invite me. Well, to me, that means you can't afford the wedding. I'm just saying. That part. And a destination wedding is much cheaper than a wedding state. It absolutely is. Just saying. Because I'm $10,000. If I could have packaged my wedding at $10,000 and it would have been done, girl, please, we would have saved thousands of dollars a year. Right. Now, that doesn't include like the cost of transportation or the cost of dresses. And if they're flying a lot of people out there, I completely get it. It can add up because when we looked at having a destination wedding, by the time I put in everything that I wanted to put in, it almost doubled the cost. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, it would still have been cheaper to have the destination wedding, though. Probably. If <laughs> if I do it again, which I will never, I will never get married again. But if I did it again, I would definitely. First of all, I don't think I would have a wedding. I think I would just go to the courthouse and be like, hey, we married. Surprise. But a vow renewal destination would be. Yeah. Sort of kind of. Dope. Yeah. But I don't know in the middle of a pandemic, though. No, I would not do that in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And you have to. So what if that person tested positive for COVID and that's why they couldn't? Exactly. You know, you want them to still show up? Or what if they just realize that you're a jerk because you're the kind of person that sends an invoice for your wedding and they were like, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to be part of this because that's also a very real possibility. You know your friends, right? Like, you know, the kind of people that you deal with. And it sounds like this kind of person is the kind of person where you're like, you know what? I'm cool. Like there have been weddings that I've, politely declined to attend because I anticipated that they would not last long. So I just declined to attend. Now, I didn't do a no call, no show. I just sent in my RSVP and said, no, thanks. I won't be attending. I mean, if I had a friend, if I know them well enough to think that they're not going to make it, I probably would have reached out to that friend and told them. I did. Hey, are you sure? Oh, you did. Oh, well, then, yeah, you have every right not to come. Yeah, I mean, the marriage didn't last. One of them didn't even last a year. How long did they last? (laughs) Snap. But yeah, let's not be attending weddings for just for the sake of attending them. I think that we should communicate. That's the whole point of having people come to your wedding, right? Like to set. To support you. So the first part of support is, girl, you sure you want to marry this one? (laughs) Just saying. Oh, no, I, I completely get it. But the thing that you do do that this person did not do on your timeline is you politely decline, decline the invitation. That's Absolutely. right. You got to do that. You got to do that. I think I've only been a no show to one wedding in my life. And it was because of work. Literally work just t- 
took me out of town and I couldn't get back in time. And so I just didn't attend. And of course I called and said like, hey, I'm sorry. The gift is at your house. It'll be fine. You called. Yeah. You called them. But, so that that's, it's a no call, no show. That's, that's it's rude. more offensive. It's rude. Yeah, it is. Rude. It's absolutely rude. All right, Janine. So keeping with the wedding theme, let's talk through some scenarios. Why don't let's we? Let's do it. All right. So this letter says, Nicole and Janine, some of my unmarried friends replied back using their RSVP cards, indicating that they're RSVPing for two. Uh, I only put their specific name on the invite. So I had each of them on my guest list as one. Now my other friends who've gotten word of some of my friends bringing dates have started calling my planner to update their RSVPs to include a date. Am I missing something? I did not budget for these extra folks. What should I do? Am I tripping and everyone should be allowed a plus one? Should I say something and tell them they can't bring dates or just absorb the cost since everyone probably won't be able to make the wedding anyway? Ladies, please help. If you only give someone a single RSVP, right? They should respect that. They should respect the fact that you are only inviting them. You know them to be single, right? And if for whatever reason you've gotten married since then, I can see you saying like, hey, I'm married now. I need a, a plus one, right? But if you're not married and you're just trying to invite a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like, no, I invited you. And if you feel like because you can't bring a plus one, you can't attend my wedding, then we have some bigger issues here. If you sent these people an invitation and they're sending back a plus one or a plus two, I suggest that you get your wedding coordinator on the horn with these people to tell them, hey, it's just you. We're just inviting you. If it's that big of a deal for you, if it's not that big of a deal for you and you feel like hey, it's a little tacky that they're adding these people, but you can accommodate them, accommodate them and keep it moving. Girl, if you can accommodate these people, then accommodate them. I mean, if you want to make mention of it and tell them how tacky it is that they are inviting extra people, then feel free. But if it's going to bother you, Get the wedding coordinator to call them. Tread lightly, girl, because it's really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things if you can afford it and you can accommodate. Keyword, Janine, is if you can afford it, okay? Weddings are expensive. And when you go from, let's say you expected 20% of your wedding to only have, bring them their individual self, okay? That means that now you've doubled your count significantly, that can become out of budget very quickly. So my thing is, I think it's very tacky for people to add or one-up their RSVP. If your RSVP card says your name on it only or the number one, don't cross that thing out and put two. Like that is very, very tacky. Or when people tell you not to bring children or it's an adult-only reception, don't have your kids at the... If you bring your kids to the wedding, have somebody pick them up before the reception. Like, respect the rules, okay? This is not your party. You're not paying for anything. This is a free shindig for you. So if somebody wants you to only bring yourself, if you could only bring yourself, just bring yourself. Who knows? Maybe they have the same number of single guys that they're putting uh, on the invite list. So they're expecting to have some love connections and some sparks flying in there. And here you've gone and messed up your own good blessing. So I would say, Respect the rules. And if you're like, you know, I'm in a serious relationship with somebody or I'm engaged now, then have the common courtesy to reach out to the coordinator or the bride and say, hey, look, 
I know that you don't know this, but I am not in a very serious relationship or I'm now engaged. Um, I was trying not to announce this yet. Um, is it okay for me to bring a date or is it okay for me to bring my new fiance? Ask before you assume, okay? Ask before you assume. Now, on the flip side, to me, it depends on where you are in your life when you get married, right? So my thing is, if I got married straight out of college, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of single friends. So I don't want them to upstage um, or up, you know, a one up their RSVP card. However, when I got married, I was 33. So most of my friends were either married in a serious relationship. They're not going to try to travel by themselves. I'm having the wedding in, I had my wedding in New Orleans, which is a city I didn't live in, it's sort of like the halfway point between our two families. That's why we chose to get married in New Orleans. So people have to travel to get there. So a lot of people don't like to travel by themselves. So for me, we're grown. You're not going to a wedding without a date. So I automatically assumed that everybody was going to have a plus one that was single. So for me, it was, and I told James that, he was like, well, why, do, why does everybody have to have a plus one? That's increasing our guest list. And I said, because we're grown. Right. We are grown and grownups bring dates to events like this. And so we need to keep that in mind when we're t- looking at our guest list and looking at our count. And so I did make sure that everybody had a plus one. I didn't allow kids, but we did have a plus one. Um, so for me, if you're doing a grown and sexy wedding, if you're in your 30s, you probably need to expect that people want to bring a date, okay? They're going to respect your rules. But I mean, you want your people to have a good time. So allow them to bring a date if they if they want to bring a date and budget that in. Just saying. Yeah. We're too old to be not allowing plus ones. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's That's Just real. saying. Okay, let me get to my letter. Okay, this one says, Hi, ladies. My fiance and I got engaged in 2019. Our wedding was originally planned for June 6th of 2020. But as you know, the world shut down. So we had to reschedule. We rescheduled our wedding for October 2nd of 2021. All of our plans are set. Everyone has their dresses, accessories, etc. I'm not running around trying to make any last minute adjustments like I was the last time. Everything seems perfect. I just have one problem. One of my bridesmaids is unsure if she wants to attend the wedding. It's not that she has prior plans or that she's unable to make it. She said that she's not sure because she does not feel comfortable due to COVID because my wedding is in Miami. While I understand her concern about the rising COVID numbers, I also feel like she's being a little paranoid. We're all vaccinated. And it's not like we don't both already live in Florida. She lives in Orlando and I live in Jacksonville. I mean, at this point, we've probably already been exposed. I'm tired of trying to convince her. I'm going to suggest to her that she be safe and stay home. Or would it be wrong for me to ask her to reimburse me for the dress that I bought for her to be in the wedding? Is she being obnoxious as it seems or am I just being petty? Let me know what you two think. Thanks, Lena. All right. So a couple of things there. One, that's really nice of her to buy all the bridesmaids dresses. I did not do that. Me either, girl. They had to buy their own dresses. So if you were out that expense, you were out. Now, I don't think that it's wrong for her to ask to be reimbursed for the wedding. One thing she could do is get somebody to replace her. And so she wouldn't need to be reimbursed. So that would be the first angle I I would say. I would say, hey... 
could you please make a decision so that I can know whether or not you're coming or not because I'm already paying for these dresses, okay? Mm-hmm. And I would say, I need to know by X date, okay? Now we'll give her a date that's relatively soon. And if she said no, that she's not coming, then I would find somebody to replace her so that I had somebody, literally a body in a dress, okay? And I would get it altered to that person. Because you don't want to change up your whole wedding party size either. Because you probably have the same number of guys to match the girls. And so you want to make sure it's even. So that's one angle you could do. If she's not coming, make her tell you she's not coming and have somebody replace her. That way, your friendship can sort of remain intact. Because you're not going to be feeling pissy if somebody else is wearing the dress. Okay. But if she decides at the last minute or she can't make a decision, then I would tell her, okay, listen, just don't be in the wedding and I'm going to find somebody to replace you because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, okay? That is what I would do. I wouldn't ask her to reimburse me, but I don't think that it would be wrong of you if at the last minute she decided not to come and you'd already pay for it. I would tell her this is how much I paid and so I'm going to be out of this. So if you wouldn't mind, I would like for you to reimburse me for this. She shouldn't have a problem if she went back and forth and couldn't make a decision. Let's go back to we're already exposed anyway. This is a pandemic. And so you have to give people a little bit of grace. Just because you're already in Florida doesn't mean that you've been exposed, especially if you're vaccinated. But coming to a wedding that's a big wedding, you're going to be exposed to people that you have not been exposed to before. And if you're not making everybody wear a mask, then and making sure everybody's vaccinated, then you are exposing your wedding party. You are exposing them. And so I think that it's only fair that either it's an outside venue Two, you make everybody wear a mask if it's inside, regardless if they're vaccinated or not. And three, don't try to force people to come to your wedding. If they can't come or if they don't want to come, then it's very reasonable for people to not want to risk their lives for your wedding. Okay? So you need to evaluate how are you keeping your own people safe? If the wedding party isn't going to wear a mask, are you mandating that everybody that comes to the wedding wear a mask? Are you mandating that your wedding party that's not wearing masks gets tested? Are you mandating that everybody show a vaccination card? Like what steps are you taking to make sure that your bridesmaids are actually safe? And if you're not taking any precautions and making all of your guests wear masks and making sure your bridal party is vaccinated and get tested before, then shame on you. I said what I well, said. Well, I agree. She said that we're all vaccinated, but who is we're all? Is it the bridal party or is it the entire wedding? Yes, it's the guest. Right. Yeah. Because not for nothing, girl. What's her name? Lena. Lena, let me tell you something. I wouldn't come to your wedding in Miami in the middle of a global pandemic. I don't care if I did live in Florida. Just because you live in Florida does not mean that you are outside mingling, mixing with the Florida COVID germs, right? So let me be very clear. I get it. She's a bridesmaid. She's in your wedding. She needs to make a decision, right? Like this whole him and hawing thing. It's annoying. It's inconvenient for you. I get it. She needs to piss or get off the pot, right? Like figure it out whether you feel comfortable going to this wedding or you don't feel comfortable coming to this wedding. It's very simple. It's not going to be no sweat off my back one way or the other. You can either come to this wedding or not. I'm going to get married regardless of whether you attend this wedding or you do not attend this wedding, right? Now, do I think that I would ask about this money for this dress? I mean, did you spend like thousands of dollars on this dress? Because if you didn't, girl, chalk it up and and let it go. Like, it's not that serious. And really, in the grand scheme of things, losing $100, people lose a lot more than that in the wedding planning process, okay? 
And Nicole had a good point. If you can repurpose the dress and give it to somebody else and have it altered, you have time. You can get somebody to quick make the alterations so that somebody else can wear the same dress that will actually be comfortable attending your wedding. Get this dress altered. Let somebody else wear it and enjoy your time and don't think about this. And you're then again, you don't have to be worried about if this particular person catches COVID because she would like, God forbid, she comes to your wedding and catches COVID. You would never live that down. You would never live that down. So let's just err on the side of caution and let her not attend the wedding, get the dress back, put somebody else in the dress and keep it moving. Like if you're not concerned about COVID and you have the precautions in place, like Nicole said, if you're making everybody get vaccinated, if you're making everybody get tested, then great. And if you're not, then maybe you should reconsider having this wedding in October. Maybe you need, I get it. You want to get married. You've already pushed it back, but maybe you got to push it back again because you don't want to hold, you don't want to be known as the girl that had the COVID wedding and people died because they got COVID. You don't want, you don't want that. Exactly. Exactly. So I, why don't you just go to the justice of the peace, get married real quick. That's your wedding date. And then make sure you have a reception. I'm just saying like, if you're, if, if you're worried about the pandemic, which you should be in Florida. Amen then you either going to have to take precautions or push the sucker back. I'm just saying to ensure that you, people don't get COVID. Now, it just sounds like she don't really care. So. It does. But I want you to care, too. I want you to care. Now, granted, I'm happy that you're vaccinated. I'm very happy that you're vaccinated. But let's not test the vaccine, y'all. Let's get you a good old bridal mask and get you down to the courthouse and get you married. That part. That part. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? Okay, so we've been talking about the cost of weddings and all of that. But the part that we don't talk about very often is how much it costs people to actually attend your wedding, right? So according to Business Insider, guests spend on average $776 for a wedding. And this statistic does include those who travel to a wedding. So it's not just, you know, spending it on a dress and a gift or, you know, your outfit and a gift, but also for travel. So for guests, think about this. When you're inviting a guest, you might be concerned about how much their plate costs, but it's going to cost them on average $776 to attend your wedding. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? So I learned that the average cost of a wedding is around $30,000, right? But during the pandemic, the average cost dropped significantly to somewhere around twenty six to 28000 But get this, in Texas in 2020, the average cost was still 30200 You know why, Janine? Why? Because we are still out here in the middle of a pandemic acting like nothing is wrong. That's crazy to me. That is nuts to me. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Unfortunately, the average cost of weddings up here didn't go down much either. So, yikes. I think that people rich folks problems, rich. (laughs) No, I just think that people are probably spending the extra money that they would normally have saved on safety precautions. I agree. I mean, and and people aren't doing as much traveling. Mm -hmm. I mean, in 2020, a lot of people told me, oh, my God, my savings went way up because I'm not traveling. I'm not eating out. I'm not doing all these things. Mm -hmm. So maybe people putting that cost towards having bigger, more fabulous weddings. I hope so. Look, I hope that you're marrying the right person, too, because you're about to be stuck in a house with them again, the way that things are going. Yep. Look, hey, what you doing? (laughs) Nothing. What you doing? (laughs) All right. So are we ready for our motivational moment? Yes, let's do it. So and it reads. 
A happy marriage is the union of two forgivers. I love that. Mm. Don't know who said that. That was anonymous, but I love it. So that means you've already done the work of forgiving one another. Erase all the outside distractions and keep growing in love together. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.